Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents and carers. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today, we're revisiting one of our favourite interviews from the archive. I hope you enjoy it. I'd like to start this next interview by painting a picture for you. You're cleaning your teeth in the bathroom. You hear a wail coming from the lounge room and soon your youngest appears, tears in their eyes saying, Billy hit me. And then hot on her heels is Billy saying, I didn't. She took my car. It's not my fault. Repeat this scenario. (laughs) Repeat this scenario in all rooms of the house, car, public areas like parks and supermarkets. Sibling rivalry can be exhausting for parents and, of course, they can be the best of mates as well. But when they fight about stuff and the things they fight about, holy cow. Maggie Dent is a parenting educator, author and all-round woman of wisdom when it comes to raising children. And so we have her on today to help us manage sibling rivalry. Hi, Maggie. How are you? How are you? Fine. Hey, that's just, that's just gold. And, and the mother of four sons, I had a fair bit of it. But I'm going to just start with some really, really seriously important things for us to remember is that um, it's absolutely normal incredibly normal for our children to struggle with having their needs and wants and desires met when there's other little people around. I mean, they don't even get it when they're just solo. So we do that sometimes, don't we, in our relationships. So I keep thinking, look, we've got prefrontal cortexes and they don't. And we still have difficulty being fair and being that. So keep it in mind, there's a couple of really other important reasons. Uh, One other important reason is that if you have different genders, biologically, if they fight, there's less chance they'll fall in love and breed, which we don't want. So that's another really, really important thing. And the only (laughs) way that you learn how to manage conflict and unpleasant moments is actually to experience it, not talk about it. So every time you see this, instead of going, oh my God, this is a sign I'm a terrible parent, we need to go, wow, another teachable moment in my child's emotional growth. So these teachable moments, mm. given that when they're young, yep. they can be so unrelenting yep. in their yes. fighting. Of, oh. And also bickering, which isn't yes. technically. And that's just the, that's the bit up here that really... And I'm really... I am going to say that, um, you know, it, it's very, really fatal, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> and when the bickering's happening, it, they're actually still testing out all sorts of um, emotional communication things, you know, that we do annoy each other. And I think sometimes we jump in too soon. And I think that's another thing for us to step back. And, um, and and then there's some things that we do that we think are going to help them not fight. And then we often punish them for fighting, which actually builds more resentment, which actually increases the chances of more conflict. So what we actually need them to help, what, what we need to kind of be is like um, mediators or, or interpreters. Our job is to help them understand why they're <laughs> annoying the poop out of each other, um, which need, which want. And so that it's actually okay for us to have these. It's also okay to have big, ugly feelings and get really upset and feel jealous. Instead of suppressing those things and saying they're bad, it's actually really helpful to identify. And you know how how our little boys struggle with that, and I've talked to you a lot about that. So helping them understand that that big, ugly feeling that looks like anger is probably, um, I'm feeling really silly because I can't do what you're doing. Or I'm feeling really unloved because mum's brought home a new baby. But I can't articulate that. So I quite often will just feel those big ugly feelings and channel them into a sibling. 
You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Maggie Dent about sibling rivalry. That's what I'm calling it. Mm, mm. Um, Maggie, I I love what you're saying there. Um, Can I paint you a picture? Mm. This is, you know, purely because I've got you here and this is my life we're going to talk about now. So the thing that my kids fight a lot about, and my daughter's almost five, my son's almost three, is when one will take something or the other or the other one or one wants something the other one has. And I... I get a bit perplexed what to do because one might own, it might be their toy and their brother's taken it. Or um, here's a classic. On the weekend, my daughter's decided she likes to play being a baby. Mm. She's almost five and I'm like, oh, let's just play. That's fine. But we got her dummies because she wanted dummies again. There were three dummies in a pack and her brother wanted one. He's almost three. And I said, look, you've got three. He doesn't have any. Could you give him one? So she gave him one and then proceeded to lose her mind yeah. Yeah. and he wouldn't give it back and I didn't want him to give it back because she So what do you do in okay. that scenario? Okay, so very first thing is it was her game and she's the one playing pretending baby and therefore she can't understand why he's not playing that game so why on earth do you want to give him one which in our mind sounds really fair, doesn't that? And I think this is that other thing we have to remember is if, if in our homes we need to have conversations with our children about the things that are really special and they um, uh, are the ones that you can't touch without asking permission. But most of the stuff in our home is we all own it. So therefore they know that they can take it and once again you will still have issues about them, <laughs> how much time and all those things. And every house, there are, you know, some techniques work better than others, but they need to know that everything is all of ours except these things are special. And I think I need to remind you that if you've got people coming for a play, that we make sure the special stuff is right out the road so it's not actually out there because that just increases conflict. Again, those conversations about how can you fix this, every now and then I think we jump in, don't we, because we're just great. We've all been there. We're smart, intelligent. These are children. And I've actually found when I've paused, the bottom line is that we need to basically validate validate whatever their expressions are. And the second thing is I need to make sense of what's going on. And then third, before I actually want to fix it, I've just got to help you calm down. So again, if you've got two that you know, you know, once again, any time that they're physically hurting each other, we hold and stop them from that. I'm, I'm stopping you from hurting because that's not one of the things in our home. Remember, if we keep the simplest rules, try not to hurt each other, try not to hurt yourself and try not to hurt stuff. This is one of our rules. So I'm just going to stop you from hurting each other. And, and then the person who has actually been doing the perpetrating, keep a hand and an arm gently soothing that child because remember, they're not sitting there going, good, how can I belt the hell out of my sibling? They've just lost it. And when they're in the red room, they can't hear us. And I keep hearing us trying to solve things when there's a heated moment. And um, so that's the other thing I notice. And if you can, try to avoid time out in those moments again, because you've got a child who's in emotional meltdown, massive cortisol, who can't understand what the heck's going, can't articulate, feels devastated and ghastly. And you send them away to sit and marinate in that horrible stuff. So if you can sit between them and just sort of whatever, pat one and soothe the other and say, let's just, let's just breathe and calm. It's okay. Look, we all get big, ugly feelings. And this is, this is okay, well, we're going to work out, you know, in a minute when we've calmed down. And remember, if it's a boy, I wouldn't even talk about it for 24 hours because he's still not going to get his head around it. And I think if we're a little bit more realistic with that um, and, and try not to punish the child who's perpetrated because they don't have a massive intention to hurt. It's just frustration and anger bubbles up. And, and it can scare them too, they, can't it, it if they hurt their scares sibling? Them. Oh, totally. And in the moment, um, that, that's all going on at the same time. Then they feel bad. And that's that thing underneath it. Conflict 
sibling rivalry is is human relationships in 101 and if we can help them work through those things at different times also using the language and that's why you know in the nine things I put a whole chapter in about fairness and kindness because instead of talking about rivalry or bullying or being mean I think we need to talk about the opposite and what does it look like and what does it feel like when it's happening what feels fair actually feels quite early in children what would be fair and can you be fair in this moment? How can we do this in a way? And once again, give them opportunities. Um, because I'm sure you've had moments that you were executed and judged unfairly because you were the one they caught the last moment, but you weren't the one that started it. And um, I'm also curious. So this is an approach to parenting that um, I would say is positive, a positive approach to parenting. Mm-hmm. And I know that some couples might struggle, like the one, one parent might embrace this completely yep. Yep. and the other parent might say, you're being a soft touch. Yeah, yeah. How do you try and get parents on the same level mm. when it comes to this kind of approach? And what we're tending to find is that um, because we are parented by our, you know, our early voices, our early experiences for sure, we do tend to find that some dads find that the only way you sort it out is it will step in with a big growl and a quick smack on the bum that sorted it out for me. Um, and that's why we've got to really try and at different times listen to things like this and listen to, um, you know, podcasts about other things because until we shift that awareness and the consciousness, it's our automatic default. And our children will then use, and we're actually teaching them how to be meaner to their siblings. And when you sit there and go, oh, that's obvious because they model off us. So if we sit there and go, gosh, is this what I want to teach my child just because I thought it was the right way but it was the only way I knew and then, I'm, you know, inside our mind is what did I really want to do in that moment if I'm calm, loving and grounded? What am I teaching my child with the choices I'm making? And obviously we can't get it right all the time. So remember, I lost my, you know, what every every now and then as well. <laughs> the boys remember it fantastically. But I do think also um, the other last bit I want to touch on that, please try not to force your children to say sorry before they're actually in the state of that. And often it can take a day or two. And even out of boys, sometimes they come up to their sister and go, sorry. And she'll know what it was. And you might think, well, that was ages ago. But it can take them that long to come to remorse. And if we force them, it's a bit like punishment. Punishment can give you temporary respite, but it builds resentment and actually teaches the opposite to what you want around your siblings. So I still believe around mealtimes, we need to have chats every now and then about things that are working in our family and what's not. Um, and those sorts of things, again, that we try not to hurt each other and try not to hurt ourselves. And that's with words as well as actions. And then I'm underneath it all. Sometimes I just used to take a cup of tea and sit in the garden and breathe deeply. <laughs> because like we know that if we go in with a big angry agenda, we've just made everything worse, technically. Yeah, brilliant way to end that conversation, Maggie. Thank you so much for your time today. That's Maggie Dent. She's an author and parenting educator. Maggie's often on the road sharing her wisdom. So if you'd like to go to one of her seminars, we'll put all the details up on our website. If you can't make it to see Maggie in the flesh, she has a second edition. It's revised and updated of Real Kids in an Unreal World. And we'll put links on the website as well as to how you can find that. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.